I'm Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, what's up, sir? Hey, Dwayne, how are you? How's it going? Good, good. I'm sorry, I'm rushed. I just got done with a field trip, so you're busy. I mean, let's let's quickly tell everybody what you did because that that whole field trip thing we've done we've done a podcast on it. We've done the actual. It's in our Next Level School Owner Club uh, that we that we have as our monthly membership. You can gain access to your field trips. I mean it's literally like a whole entire marketing campaign. You know, you think about it. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you well, did. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, you know, you, you, you get the, the students into your door and um, you know how it is when your kid went on a field trip, you had to fill out a, a waiver, right? Right. So, uh, fill out a waiver and they bring in the waiver and now I got all their contact information. So we had 50 kids today, uh, two hour field trip. We had a ton. I've never had this many parents come to the field trip. Really? Which is, yeah. So I had, let me count here, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I had ten parents here. And it's usually only like uh, maybe two or three. So it's beautiful because they got to see what we do, how we do it firsthand, um, where normally you only have two or three parents that come to field trips with their kids and you don't get that many. So um, yeah. it's nice because they get to see the value of it, you know, uh, yeah, right so away. How old were the kids? The majority of the kids? These, well, these were all third graders. Wow. So they're probably about like what, like seven, six, seven year olds, uh, seven, eight, nine, yeah. depending. Right. And so that their parents are driving them to your school or do they just, the bus takes them to your school and then you meet, they, they meet them at the school. Well, some of them took the bus with the kids, you know, from the school. Oh, wow. And, and oh, that's cool. Um, the majority of them drove here by themselves. Wow, that's awesome. Fantastic. So the problem with field trips or the problem with, um, you know, buddy week sometimes is that you don't get to interact with the parent. So the kid comes home, the the parent sees they're excited, but they don't really know the level of excitement um, because they weren't there. You know, they they don't really understand and connect with the message. However, you have them there and you also have the teachers there and they're they're behind what you do. So it's it's a really amazing thing. I'm not sure if certain areas, I don't know, have you ever heard about like whether – Another state like New York State. I know we have a hard time getting even into the public school systems in my area, uh, but um, it, it's interesting. I mean, I find it, you know, just so interesting. Well, yeah, but I'm not trying to get in. Right. Right. I, I'm offering an educational field trip. You know, it's a character character development um, field trip. Right. And uh, they're coming to me. I Like one of the teachers, she sets this up every year and she was telling a parent, and she told me, she told that parent today, she goes, this is one of our, if not our favorite field trip every single year that we do. Right, right. So. You see, so you built a culture around it. Yeah. And and I love what you said because you're not trying to get into the school. You're you're offering them a service that benefits the school. Yeah. And so um, So it's not like you're like, hey, you're trying to sell them on you and what you do. They're coming to you and they want to do it because it's their favorite field trip of the year, because they get to come to a secondary location other than the school and get bussed in and learn things that are going to help not only the kids but the, and the parents see that, but the schools themselves see it as a benefit because it helps them have better kids, which makes their lives so much easier. Well, it's funny because I, I, I have a phrase that we do when, you know, I tell the kids, all right, you're going to do this. And then you after you finish this kick, you're going to you're going to run and tag the wall. Right. Well, my phrase is run fast like diarrhea. Right. So just because kids like butt jokes and all that other stuff. So that's what I use is run fast like diarrhea. And one of the teachers had shared with me today that she changed that. She was using that. She actually was using that in school 
And she thought, you know, and obviously, you know, I have a private school, I have a private martial arts school. So what I can say and do might be a little bit different. But she goes, she changed it. She goes, uh, this summer she went and saw NASCARs. And she right. goes, I, I never thought I'd even like it. She says, I was amazed. Right. She goes, so I came back to school and this year I started run fast like a NASCAR. Right, right. But it's still the same concept. You're yeah. using the same terms, the same phrases, the same yeah. um, uh, trigger points, if you will, uh, to get your students to respond kind of like what, you know, so really to me, I guess maybe I took that as a compliment that she was taking what I do, maybe making it fit her situation a little bit better. I said, I did say, I said, man, I was creative. I said, but uh, you might want to be careful because if there's a slip of the, the tongue with NASCAR. Right. They yeah. might not say the word NAS. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because I never thought of that. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that when you said that, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it's interesting though. And, and anyway, I mean, our, our call is, is kind of, um, it, it's kind of fitting. Isn't it weird though? And, and I have to be honest, we don't really, we don't work this out. It's not like, Hey, we'll make a call on X because you just did a field trip and it'll, it, it none of it's typical of what we do. And it, it, and very often, whatever we talk about, we're kind of in that zone at that moment, you know, and that's, it's interesting, but you know, our, our topic was about, you know, um, you know, juggling balls or doing juggling and, you know, how much we have as school owners going on at any one given time um, and not realizing it. Like there's a lot like I once got annoyed at a consultant that was out there and he had said, um, you know, martial arts business is not rocket science. It's easy. And I honestly have to disagree. It's probably and I have other businesses and I've been in multitudes of businesses from landscape construction to uh, you know, jewelry parties to painting and tiling and all this stuff that are not related to martial arts at all. And I find martial arts as to being one of the toughest businesses because it's, it's so many different levels of what we are doing that completes the picture and keeps somebody happy, right? It's not, it's not like, you know, you, you make them a cup of coffee and they want it light and sweet and you give it to them. And if it's light and sweet, two sugars and a little bit of milk, they're happy. You know, um, but with us, it's so many variables, right? You know, whether they got their belt on time, whether you yelled at them in class to, to motivate them. And, you know, there's so many things and whether the kid's happy, but the parent's not happy or the kid's not happy, but the parent is happy. There's so much going on. So we're constantly juggling these balls in the air um, and, and to run a martial arts school. What are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, we think about the hats that we wear. Um you know, it is instructor, it, it, it is the clerical person, it's the marketing person. But see, so you could take all of those and actually break them down into different levels. So, yeah, you know, marketing. Yeah. OK. Overall marketing. Yeah. But now I'm, you know, I'm 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 Facebook marketing. I am Google AdWords marketing. I am, uh, you know, uh, newspaper marketing, uh, radio marketing. I'm, I'm writing a press release. I, so there's there's even in the different hats or the different balls that we're juggling, there are, you know, there are subcategories inside of that, that we juggle as well, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of school owners when you, when you first start out. I mean, I think you quickly, you quickly understand that there's a few of them that you thought were going to be a surprise, you know, that ended up being a surprise to you. Like for instance, I, I uh, was in, I was in this office this week uh, during classes and working on a few things and um, had my program director knock on the door and she said, there's a parent that's talking about what, you know, maybe wanting their kid to take a break or the kid wanting to take a break. She can you talk to him. So I brought him in and basically, you know, it was almost as if 
they wanted me to talk them into making their kid continue. I mean, that's just the way that I heard it. That's the way that she made it sound that when I rephrased it back to her, that's basically she was kind of saying, yeah, I just I need to know it's okay to uh, make him do it. Right. You know, and so it, it's amazing the different balls that we have to juggle, the hats that we have to wear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could share an ad. I, I ran an ad years ago and, um, and on the ad I had a woman and she was kind of in like a chauffeur jacket and she had multitudes of hats, all different styles of hats. And it said at any given, I forget the exact terms, but any given time, you know, you're wearing one of these hats and it, one hat was a chef, one hat was a wife, one hat was a driver and a car, one hat was a mom, what, you know, and they, all these hats were piled up. Like what hat are you wearing right now? Right. And as a school owner, you know, we're always constantly in that con that, that hamster wheel of, of doing multiple tasks. You know, you're, you're a mentor to some of the students. Some of the students look at you as, uh, you know, a trouble, you know, you're on them. You're, you're a pain in the butt. Some of them love you and revere you. Some parents just think that you're a paid hired hand and, and you got paid for your service and they expect their a service. A what? A babysit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they think that you're a parent. Right, right. You know, well, I'm they, not they, your kid's parent. Man. I had a, uh, had somebody last night that said, you know, um, the kid wouldn't wear their seatbelt on their way here. I go, right. you know, I said, that's a parent problem. Right. I said, I'm not going to reprimand him for not wearing a seatbelt. I mean, really, that's a parent problem. That The parent needs to be scolded. You see, the funny thing is I would I would be the guy who'd walk out to the car and I'd be like, come on, you know, Daniel, you got to be listening to mom. Like I have a mom all the time that is always like I hear her. Shion's going to be mad at you. Shion is going to, you better hurry up. Shion's here. You better hurry up. Shion, you know, and I'm like, gee, stop using me as the guy. The guy's going to be afraid of me. You know, he's not going to like me. I, I want to be more of his friend rather than the mean, scary guy in the tower. However, parents, you know, they need me. So they use me for that until, you know, until they change their mind and they no longer want to be a part of the school. But um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. And, and, you know, you know, personality wise, we wear so many hats and we have so many balls in the air. So with a student, you know, if we were a school teacher, we'd only teach them for eight months out of the year, then they'd graduate and they'd move on to the next teacher, next grade. We're done with them. Right. But with our schools, I, I, I talk about it and you mentioned it, too. I had this kid. His name was Tom Cat, you know, and, and uh, he was a little kid. By the way, now he's a police officer in in the city. Um, but it was Tomcat Tommy. Every time he matured a little, his name would change based on his personality. So Tomcat Tommy, Tom Thomas. Then you know, you know, and then it went back to Tomcat. You know, now I think he's Officer Tom. You know, so um, we constantly have to change to fit that personality. We're who we are and we goof with that kid, but now he's a little older. We don't want to goof. Like I just had one of my students get upset with me because I, I joked with him and um, he took it so personal. And I'm like, it's not a, dude, it was just, it was just a joke. You know, like we were, and it was something very minor in my eyes, but major to them because they take it so, so personally. So I'm always constantly wearing hats. And, and I guess it's a good answer to my, my thoughts this morning. Like why do people quit and move on? Why do they, um, you know, why do they, you know, stop training and maybe train somewhere else? You know, why do they love you one minute, hate you the next? I, I don't know. There's a lot of diet because we're always constantly evolving with them or they're evolving and changing. And we have to kind of try to keep up with them to keep them happy. What are well, your thoughts? We've done a good job in, in the industry on letting people know that this is the magic pill. Right. And part of that problem is it isn't the magic pill. Um, right. You know, I'm not 
your kid's therapist. I'm not even your therapist. Um, now, do I have maybe some insight out of the thousands of kids that I've taught that I could share with you? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, certainly. Um, I remember I had a parent ask me to talk like they they I shouldn't say a parent. I had a student who right. they themselves trained with me. Wanted me to talk to their teenage child mm-hmm. about issues that they were having. Right. Their teenage child doesn't even do martial arts with me. Right. I've never even met that teenage yeah. child. To their teenage, you know. And they were getting some feedback on your line. There. That's weird. Yeah, I got some echo back. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's. I think they look up to the owners as oh they got it together. Um, they know a lot. Uh, so therefore they can do X, Y, or Z. Um, and you know what, in some cases that might be true. I remember before right. I was even married, I had parents asking me how to discipline their kids. And I, and I really thought it was like, am I qualified to do this? And we've talked about this before, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't even have kids. How, how can you ask me to raise your child when I've never even had children, uh, uh, you know, of my own? Yeah, well, I used to feel that way as well. But now that I have a child, I kind of realized too. And by the way, there were some parents that pissed me off, you know, like, uh, and, and they'd go, you know, you don't even have a kid. How do you know how to blah, blah, blah. And I get mad. I go, look, I, you know, in my head, I'm going, I teach like 250 kids a week. And I do that. I've been doing that for years. So I'm qualified to tell you how to do this if you want to do it. But I do agree um, there. Once I had a child, and as you know, you have children, you know, it does slightly change because you're personally attached. You don't want to fight so much. You try to take the easy way out sometimes. So I get what they're doing. However, we have to be the guiding force um, to try to motivate them. So, so okay. So as a teacher, and by the way, I just had a, I, I forwarded a post. It's on my, my Facebook page, my personal one, if anyone wants to look. It's by a guy named Jotty Tension. Jotty runs a karate school, a very, very sport-based karate martial arts fighting MMA school in the city. And he did something, uh, a, a public, you know, a Facebook live about coaching. And he said, you know, potential, you know, we realize as teachers, what people have as far as potential goes. However, sometimes the student doesn't even realize, or the parent doesn't realize, and we might be hard on them and, and don't want to baby them because we realize they have so much potential and they're missing out on the opportunity, but they don't even see it in themselves. So they see it as us being mean or, or hard or, uh, you know, whatever. So it's hard for us as teachers because we're constantly wearing all these different hats as far as mentors and teachers go. But now let's, do you have anything to say on that before we move on? No. How about um, the business end? Like, you know, how does a school owner know what to do, when to do it, you know, how to push. I mean, I could say join Next Level School Owner Club. That'd be the, the immediate answer, our program at, and I'll selfless plug it, www.nlsoc.com because we kind of, we have um, dirty laundry calls, which we mean like you and I and other people are just talking to each other and we record those calls, kind of like a counseling session in a way. So school owners can see they're not alone. We all deal with the same problems and issues, you know, behind the scenes, right? Um, but uh, so they could join our program and get a lot of these answers. However, what do you think about, you know, that, you know, juggling all these balls? How do you do it? You know, we're, we're crazy busy, right? But how do you stay sane at the end of the day? Well, that's, that's the trick, right? <laughs> I get, well, number one, I guess you could probably go back and, and listen to our, our call that we did last week um, where we talk about stop doing everything in your business. And, right. you know, we talk about the fact that, you don't you don't abdicate things you delegate and duplicate and so i would start kind of there 
uh, maybe with that call and then and then then move forward. But you could take a sheet of paper and then define everything, write everything out in 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 your business that you do, uh, or that needs to be done in your business. Um, and you know, sitting down and doing that is overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. It, yeah. it does take a lot of work to sit down and do that. Uh, but I do think it's important. And then you would, after you do that, you you need to then decide, okay, what am I good at? What do I like to do? What am I not so good at? What I do not like to do? And you need to duplicate yourself in those areas or delegate them out. Right. But always inspecting what you expect on those things. So you got to have some sort of mechanism that checks those things uh, to show that they are actually completed and done to the ability that you want them or to the level that you want them to be done yeah. with. Um, and, and that'll free up some of your time to do the, uh, the things that you deem are only for you and, and the important, you know, things for yourself. And you know what I, I would add to, uh, what you said, you know, it depends on where you stand in your career at that moment in time. For instance, like when you first go to Right. What, you know, when you, when you're first open your school, you're so like you do it all. You have unlimited energy. Um, something may bother you, but you're right back on the horse, just plugging away. Right. And then as you know, you get more, um, you know, uh, the longevity of how you run your business, you start to be less tolerant. I know because I have a lot of my friends, we all get together and we've been in this business for 25, 30, 40 years, you know, running schools, you know, constantly like, yeah, oh my God, what I'm going to go out there. And, and teach another mighty warrior white belt class and the parents are going to complain because their five-year-old didn't get their belt, right? Or, you know, and, and you kind of become less and less tolerant. So the younger generation coming in, you know, they're able to deal with that a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera, right? But us as owners, we have to decide on, you know, where where do we want to inject ourselves into the mix, right? Where do we want to extricate and pull ourselves out of the mix? And how do we, how do we still keep a high-quality school um, and, uh, you know, and still give the customer, the client, the same high level service, but not lose that personal connection and mentorship like I had. I mean, it's so sad because I had this great relationship where I love and still to this day, even one of my teachers I don't talk to, he lives in Japan and, and I'm not involved with the system and they're kind of odd over there. They won't talk to you anymore. That's it. You're done. Once you're out, you're, you're invisible. They call you're it, dead. yeah, they call it a hamen in Japanese where they literally pixelate your face out of the pictures and, and you're gone. Like someone will ask, Hey, did, how is Ali as a student? Ali? I never, I don't know, know anybody by that name. Like that's how they do it. But my other teacher, my American ninjutsu teacher and other teachers, I mean, I, I love them. Like I, I remember like, Oh, like when I was around him and even like in the locker room, you know, uh, uh, you know, being around him personally, getting ready and, and just seeing how he laid his uniform out. And, you know, I was like just in awe of being around him. I, I just wonder nowadays if people have that feeling, you know, everyone's so used to tearing down mentors, you know, tearing down people. Uh, that seems like the going thing these days. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it's an instant gratification society. There's, um, there's not a lot of honor anymore. Right. right. Um, I get that. You know, it's the society we live in. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this before. This is this is a hobby. It's not a way of life. Right. You know, even though it's a way of life for us, and maybe it's a way of life for a few other people that are inside of our schools, it's not a way of life to the majority of our consumers. And by the way, it, it it's it's not a way of life in the beginning to any of our consumers, I would say. I would say almost 100% of our consumers, it's not a way of life when they first start. Yeah. It's our job to, you know, 
entice them, educate them to make this a way of life for them. And, and I don't mean that they become your next instructor or, or studio right. owner or whatever. I just mean that they follow the tenets and they agree with the philosophy that you're teaching uh, so much so that they want to right. um, you know, follow that way of life. You know what I find really interesting? And, and I know you're a religious man and I have a friend who is a, um, uh, I, I don't know. It's not a, when in the Jewish religion, when you're like a priest, what, what do they call that? A rabbi? A rabbi. Yeah. He's a rabbi. I'm sorry. I just drew a point. Hey, come on. No. Yeah. So, um, so he's a rabbi and we were, we were having a little bit of a uh, mental debate on religion, like about God and, you know, uh, people and people are like, you know, so easy to discredit. God, you know, like, it, and, and, you know, like someone was talking about politics and then they mentioned like, well, yeah, you know, the, the priesthood, is, they're all a bunch of, you know, pedophiles. And I'm like, right. how do you say everyone is anything? Like, how do you group a bunch of, some of these people, maybe one or two out of, out of a million or whatever it is might be bad. But overall, um, there, there's some amazing people doing amazing things for people in need and, and passing on good stuff. How do we always constantly do that? So, um, it's interesting. And, and I think that happens by the way, and this leads into our stuff too, like, you know, we're, we're an owner. Now we may move our business up and we have employees. We have a program manager. So now we're managing employees and, and motivating a team um, and doing all these other things that we probably never thought we'd ever do. We just wanted to teach karate, right? When we yeah. opened our school, like I just wanted to teach ninjutsu and, and now I'm a boss and, you know, and, and, you know, employees sometimes don't see it because you're writing their paycheck. Like, I knew one of my, my staff members when he called me, he's my student, but when he says, you're my boss, I knew that our martial art relationship had died at that point, yep. right? Because he looked at me as a boss, not as his sensei, right? So it's interesting at in how how many hats we juggle. So do, give me a list of some of the things other than automation and delegation. Like what are some of the things that you think like a new school owner should focus on, um, you know, so a few of the balls that he should be juggling that are most important. We, we kind of brushed on this a little bit last week as well, but let's like quickly. Well, the floor, obviously your floor has to be phenomenal. I would right. say that's, that's num like, I don't know if we're going in order of importance, but I would say the floor has got to be the most important, um, right. you know, and then I would say after that, your marketing has got to right. be the most important. Um, I, uh, Floor and marketing are, are in a level of importance are probably here. I was just going to say equally important, right? Because you could be great on the floor, but if you have no marketing and no students, it doesn't matter what you, you do, right? So you have to market all the time. And by the way, for the school owners that are listening, that's probably one of the biggest things that I find they ignore. Everyone wants to do easy marketing, sitting at their office, putting out a social post and, and a this or that. But yeah, you got to think of like a detective, like, OK, if I ran a kid, a school with five, five year olds, where do I find those five year olds? Where where are they at? And by the way, you know, don't go to the elementary school and start talking to them. But well, how do we reach the people who want to sign them up? You know, be a detective and say, OK, are they in the schools? Can I go to the school and give out flyers? Would they allow me to go to that, you know, after school and give them, you know, could I wait at certain bus stops with the parents and just give them information? You know, how do you find the be a detective and find who you need? So right. who already has your list? Exactly. You know, so marketing is uh, marketing and uh, student uh, teaching on the floor are probably equally as important. Right. What, what else do you think? Well, and, and just real quickly, I would say in the beginning, it, it, you know, your marketing isn't going to be as good as your teaching on the floor. Right. So if I had to put one order of importance, I would say your 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 teaching is way more important than your marketing in the beginning. But right. your marketing needs to catch up to your teaching. Right. Um, 
then I would say probably after that, the, um, the office, you know, how do you bring people in? How do they, you know, how do they get greeted with regards to, you know, your phone and, and just the, that process yeah. of getting them to, you know, from phone call to intro to sign up, that type of thing. Right. Now, um, um, do you feel too, and I'm kind of almost interviewing you today. I hope you don't mind. Like I'm kind of picking your brain a little, but I mean, from your point of view, um, Branding, we often talk about branding, right? We talk about like, and branding is not like just a cool logo on a shirt, but like, what's your overall brand? Like, in other words, if you go to a Hooters, it has a very, very clear brand of what to expect. You probably don't want to bring your children there. It's not the place to go on the first date with a girl. Maybe you know, like, you know, don't go, don't go there with the church group afterwards, right? You know, like it's got a brand to it, right? But you could hang out with your friends, maybe go have a beer watch a game right so there so what is the brand right that are that we have for our school right does that does that make sense right yeah. you're killing me man yeah yeah because so. <laughs> of course i was gonna say you know they got the breast wings you know at least they say that yeah, exactly did i say breast yeah i did didn't I? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um so that's the brand like so when we focus on our brand like it means everything like the culture of the school like how people see See, I, how I want it, I'll, I'll say this when I want people to look and say like what their experiences in my school, I want them to think that we're a school of traditional values, teaching traditional martial arts that are very realistic for street self-defense. And I want them to learn the spiritual skills that will change their lives. And then I say spiritual, non-religious spiritual, more about self-confidence, self-esteem, doing good deeds, being a good person. Um, altruistic. You know, uh, yeah, altruistic, yeah. yeah. But but when I say spiritual to the mysticism involved with tradition, yeah. right, you know, that's why they say, you know, we don't, we don't maybe have tangible facts that God exists, yet people believe that it, it's true, right? So same thing with martial arts is like, you know, okay, the stories, the history, the culture, the philosophy, the theory, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I want my school to be more about. So that's a brand that I try to build, right? And yeah, but I would say in the beginning, you know, um, I, I didn't really have a brand. Mm -hmm. um, it, it came over time. I mean, I and I never used, because from the very beginning, I ran a Christian martial arts school, yeah. but I never used that as a, as a brand. Like I never wanted it to... I never wanted anybody to perceive that I was not that I'm not a Christian, but but that I was using that as some sort of fish hook. Right. If that makes sense. So I never exploited that at all. And I would say by accident, I mean, it was by design, but it was a, a design accident right. that I became a kid's school only because that uh, I relate to them better. I enjoy teaching them. I'm not that I don't enjoy teaching adults. That's not it. But I really connect with the kids. I have a way with the kids um, that I don't necessarily have with adults. I don't think right. if that makes sense. And so uh, by accident, my my uh, uh, brand became a kid's brand. Right. Um, and then when I realized that it was that, then I on purpose made things happen in order to back that up. So let me ask you this. So so um, you are a Christian martial arts school, but you don't in, you don't teach you know, Christian values and religious beliefs within your martial arts, or do you? Uh, no, I mean, we pray in the beginning of class. Uh, you're more than welcome to pray. You don't have, you know, but you don't have to. Um, and how is, how is that? Like, do they sit and meditate? 
or do they say? No, we, we, yeah. So when we bow in, we stand, we come to attention, we do the, you know, salute the flag, and then we. You don't, uh, you know, so, you don't kneel. You don't kneel at the flag. No. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> and then we stand in our at ease, or what we call our time position, with our hands yeah. behind our back, and we, uh, the the instructor will lead in a prayer, and um, you know, of course, obviously, being a Christian, we say in Jesus' name at the end of that prayer, and and then. Um, um, we do the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we get into class. Now, you you also have people of different faiths in your school. Absolutely. You have Muslims, you know, Buddhists, and, you know, Jews, Jews yeah. and Shintoists, Shintoists, and all that. So, um, so I've never had a problem, ever. Yeah. So I've never it's, had a problem. Because I think the open-minded people don't see one specific religion as that, you know, like I've always told my students, I've had, I've had reborn Christians that wouldn't do the bow where we're seated and we bow to the Kamidana, which is a little house on the wall. That's a Kamiza. It's God's house. But, but I've had a few that, and, and Muslims that wouldn't bow because they don't do it. But I said, it's okay. Do what you can do. Show some level of respect. You don't have to do a deep bow. You don't have to, you know, you're not praying to my God. You're praying to God and your God is your God. God, whatever you call him, whatever, and so on. So that's, I guess, a great way to create that. But the branding is off, often, um, you know, that whole bl- why people want to stay with you, like why, it, you know, a Christian martial arts school stands on a certain value level and so on. So you're working on your brand to build that that model up, right? Yeah, and I have a lot of compliments that we we do the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, they, uh, I, 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 I have parents that stand, in, stand up in the um, – Right. That's interesting. And do the Pledge of Allegiance along with us. Right, right. That's cool. I, that I, is very cool. I give you credit, bud. I mean, I think that it's very honorable and something amazing, and I'm really proud that you're that type of person, you know. And, I, and, and again, you may, you know, people might not, not everybody might like your flavor of ice cream, right? They might not like my flavor of ice cream, but we're not trying to have an ice cream house with a thousand different flavors in it because we just get watered down. So I'm, I stick to my value systems of who I am and what I am. And, and yeah, I might not reach out to the masses. I might not sell coffee to everybody, but the, the good, smaller, harder core group that I have, I'm going to be happy with. So, so juggling the, yeah, go ahead. And I was going to quickly say along with, I mean, obviously along with that, I am seen as a, I don't want to use the word leader in the community with Christianity, but Obviously, I, I mean, I've had students that have come up and, you know, ask questions or or like I had a parent come up to me last night and, you know, she said, hey, I, I, I'm going to see the doctor. This is what's happening. I need you to pray for me. Or would you pray for me? I'm like, absolutely. When, and I said, can I share this with anybody else? Can we, you know, absolutely. And so, you know, that's another hat that I wear. Um, yeah. But I honestly, I mean, that one I I don't have a problem wearing because there are some things that I can do. Uh, within that. And if I can't, I, I just outrightly tell them, you know, look, I think you really need to see somebody else for this type yeah. thing. You know yeah. I mean? Now, um, you know, it's interesting. I, my favorite band, as you know, and the, my favorite lead singer is Michael Sweet from Striper, and he's Christian. And uh, quite often, many people will, um, will on Twitter, will say, hey, my son is sick. Can you pray for me? And then he puts, he says, every and, and everyone, like you see thousands of people, they say, hey, we'll do a prayer. And I, I love that kind of sense of community and idea. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I just had a heart to heart with some of my parents in my school, and they see me as the head instructor, and they say all the instructors that teach them 
them as the people that are that that are you know the employees i guess and then they sometimes look at me differently and i had a heart to heart with some of these families and i said like why why is it that you don't see me as that you know don't have that closeness just because i'm not teaching every class you know maybe i'm not there every single day but without me the dojo wouldn't exist without you know my techniques and my ideas and my teachings that the instructors wouldn't be able to do that so that's another hat is and i want to call it pr which what it's not but connecting to the head teacher connecting to the the headquarters school or connecting to the school like why do you want to wear a cool shirt like you have on as a student? Like why, you know, what's the showing of the pride? So there's so many other hats that we wear in regards to social media, to uh, leadership, you know, all these other things. And, you know, we may not appeal to everyone. That is the sad reality. However, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, just another, I don't think, and, and we talked about this in the, in the description on the call, school owners may not even know they're doing all that. And that's why I'm bringing this stuff up. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, so so one, give me a few things more like that you would think like maybe that, uh, you know, we as a business owners, people don't see it unless they're actually in the trenches with us doing it, you know, kind of thing. Like, are there some things behind the scenes that you really focus on that's really is integral in your school being a success? Your, you know, you did mention, you know, the sign up process and the marketing process. But what else do you do behind the scenes? I know you have a few really cool, unique things like a three warning rule if they don't come prepared to class. And, you know, um, you know, as far as that goes, when people are, you know, you you may fire students, you have a rule of what you say and what you do. Are there a few of those things you want to share with with us or? Yeah. So, I mean, we do have, we used to do um, when you didn't bring your gear, you didn't bring whatever you were supposed to bring to class. We'd assign you a report and you'd have to write that report and have it in by next class. Yeah. Um, that it was beautiful. Some of those reports were actually fun to read, yeah. um, but it, it, it wasn't doing the job. So we had to switch it up and go to a three strike rule. Okay. And really it's, 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 the fourth strike and you're out. And what that means is if you don't bring any of your prescribed gear or whatever. So like if your uniform, you don't bring everything for your uniform. If you don't bring your, um, okay. So, uh, your, um, your sparring gear, weapons, whatever, you're supposed to bring everything with you every single day. We don't spar every day, but you bring it with you anyways. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We, um, we don't do that. We actually will have days of the week and they just look on the calendar and they know what to bring. However, half the time it's like, Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't bring. Yeah, that's why I switched it. I was tired of it. Yeah. I was tired of it. And then, um, my, my junior black belt class, they all have to have a, uh, a, um, a three ring, either a three ring binder or a spiral notebook that they write notes in. And, I was working with a kid and I said, uh, Hey, go write that in your notebook. And he looked at me and he goes, I forgot to bring my notebook today. Are you serious? He right. Goes, yeah. I go, go look on that list over there. How many times has your name been on there in this three month time span? Yeah. And uh, he went over there and looked, he goes just once. And I said, well, put today's date on there as well. I said, because yeah. now you forgot something this time. I said, you only have one more time to forget. And I said, the fourth time I said, you don't test this belt cycle. Right. I said, you're done and you're going to do this next three months all over again. I don't care if you know your stuff or not. Yeah. Now, and, do, uh, you feel, do you feel like you risk getting people mad and they're going to quit and talk to others and be pissed off? Or okay. I, I know, you, I mean, there's got to be a level of us that 
say these are the rules. I just sent you the hat lady picture. I don't know yeah. if you could share it on your end. I can't, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can pop it up in the Facebook post. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wonder like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I, I stand the risk. Like I, I have to tell you, I had a blowout. Like these people are so, still um, obsessed with bad mouthing me. And, and this is like a, a professional football player that was on uh, football teams that were in, in, you know, professional NFL, the father, and then the mother who was one of my students uh, as a kickboxer. And I basically had the grandparents bring the kid unprepared. And I said, Hey mom, you know, did they have their shirt? And, and a long story short, um, they, they were, didn't like the way the kid got upset and they felt like I, I yelled and, and I didn't. I, and, but anyway, they're still like, yeah, I just went on my Amazon book reviews and I saw someone don't buy this guy's book. He, yells at children like they're obsessed with bad mouthing me on every social media platform right it's interesting so i wonder sometimes like i'm almost like i years ago i'd be like hey if you don't like it get the hell out of here how's that sound you know get out and i like you literally yell, yell at them and throw them out now i'm much more careful because social media and people and you don't want to lose a student and you know but so how do you handle that like you know someone does they say now johnny's demotivated because he did he's on the list and he's not being tested like, how do you, how do you juggle that ball? Like, what do you do? <laughs> I just tell them, I, you know, I, so I had a, a girl last testing cycle. She forgot her sparring gear the fourth time uh, or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's not like you get four times or three times with, with right. your separate items. It's in totality. And so I had to sit her down and, and um, I said, what does that mean? And, oh, by the way, let me back up and say, first time they do it, it's a verbal warning between me and the kid or the instructor and the kid, right? Second time they do it, it's a verbal warning again. When I say verbal warning, they're still getting their name written on there, right? Right. Um, but then they, uh, on the second time, we call the parent and let them know that they right. already had, the, so if the parent isn't here, we call the parent. Yeah. Third time, after the third time, we have a meeting. And we have a physical meeting where we sit down and say, now it's been three times. If they forget any of their stuff, you know, before testing, which is X date, they can't even test this time and they got to do it all over again. I right. said, so it's got to be done. So, so I, I, I do my due diligence on the front end. Right. Try not to have that back end issue. Yeah. Very seldom do I have to have that have that back end issue. And but when I do, I've already talked to the parent twice now, once right. via the phone and then in person. Right. So I find though that, you know, so I'm like that too when it comes to uniform. And then I tell and we we have a really beautiful uniform thing that we give out that explains the reasons why and the benefits of being prepared. It's like that a great book that I read called uh, Make Your Bed. I don't know if you read yeah. it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe uh, – I think I told you about it, didn't I? Okay, maybe, yeah. You, it yeah. could have been. So phenomenal. But I've been watching the guy Navy SEAL uh, General on TED Talks and all this stuff about the simple little thing of making your bed and how it turned into a life-changing opportunity for him. By the way, everyone listening, Make Your Bed is a great book. You should pick it up. Quick read. Oh, my um, gosh. It's super – it's yeah. really, really small. Sit it next to your toilet. From, you'll be done in, in one sitting. Yeah, my, well, it depends on what, what your diet's like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, but my, my friend actually read the book and sent it to me. And then he wrote a little note for me. He said, pass it on to someone when you're done. So I said, Hey, I'm going to take this to another level. And I wrote a little note and, and I attached it inside of the page of the book. And I, and I had 10 spaces. And I said, for everyone um, that reads this book, write your name and pass it on to someone else. And after the 10th person, send it back to me at this address so I could see who read the book. And uh, it's already passed through like three or four different people already, um, which is exciting. So, um, but anyway, the book was all about the little things. However, I have to be honest, I'll, I struggle with this all the time. Parents will say it's not his fault. He's, you know, he didn't, I'm the one who forgot to wash the uniform. And, all and right. I, I got you. You ready? You ready? Yeah, I know yeah. you've said this before. So tell yeah. everybody what you say and do. Yeah. So I just say, I understand it's not your fault, but it's still their responsibility. Just yeah. because something isn't your fault doesn't mean that it doesn't negate your responsibility. Right. And, you know, uh, and if they need an example, I, I, I think this is uh, from the West Point way of leadership where the guy was going to stand in line, you know, for inspection and the, the dude next to him, his heel went right across to his. Oh, you hit the story, yeah. And, yeah, and scuffed the boot. Mm-hmm. He got chewed out. No, but was it his fault that his right. boot would scuff? Absolutely not. It doesn't matter, though. It was still his responsibility, and that's the key. And I have no problem telling the parents. Well, I wonder, like, you know, isn't that an interesting thing? And I'm sorry I keep kind of going back to this. And, again, it's it's about these little questions that maybe school owners are hearing and what they could do about it. So, um, so for me – you know, I want to teach preparation. I want to teach them to be organized. I want them to be able to be, you know, how do we develop self-confidence and self-discipline and focus by practicing it and learning the skills involved in it, right? However, you know, that, that then I'll say, hey, the kid is not prepared or you don't have your gear. I'm like, it's so simple. When I when I traveled, I just went to your neck of the woods. I was up there in Springfield, Illinois. And um, before I left, I triple, double, single, double, triple checked all my stuff because I, I can't show up and go, I forgot my belt. Can I borrow a belt? Or I forgot my tabby because we wear those ninja shoes. How do I, uh, you know, how, how, where I don't have them? You know, so I always double, triple and quadruple check everything I do because I know that's the lesson that I, the, the way I've trained myself over the years. Right. But I, and, and so I'm glad you brought that up because I don't just scold. Right. The kid. You know, I educate them. So right. I had a um, parent and a kid. Kid forgot his belt. No, wait, what was it? Kid forgot. Uh, what was it? Forgot something. Oh, oh, here it is. He's on my storm team. And he came to the storm team meeting. We have a monthly meeting, right? Storm team is our special team of role models. They help out with classes. Right. He came in without his uh, notebook. So it's three ring binder. You got to bring your notebook and pen because I have lessons that we do and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I go, sir, I said, where's your notebook? He said, I forgot it. He said, and I said, uh, you forgot it. He goes, well, my mom and I waited, you know, cause I wanted to hear what he was going to say. He goes, well, my, my, my mom dropped me off at school. I and put my uniform in the car. Uh, and she was supposed to grab my binder. Right. And I said, so are you saying it's your mom's fault? He said, no, sir, it's my fault. Right. And, and he's been with me for quite a long time. He knew that wasn't going to work anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I go, okay. So I got to write you down. I said, but um, what can you do in the future to make sure that that doesn't happen? He says, when I put my uniform in the car, I put that book in there. And I said, yeah, when should you put that book in there, though? Just 
on those nights or should you go ahead and bring that book every single he goes i should bring that book every single night i said yeah and by the way they drive they actually drive an hour right get here right they've been he's been with me for six and a half years yeah and um but so i don't just scold i teach right and i i i say by the way i say have a take a personal inventory of your of your stuff right you you need to always check like you, you you know when i leave the house i'm like credit cards, keys, phone, you know, jacket on. Like you, you got, you can't go out and go, Oh my God, I, I can't believe it. I'm in my underwear and I'm at the supermarket. I just realized like, you know, there's gotta be that level of preparedness. And, and I love in the book, you know, make your bed. He talks about why it's so important that the bed is made, why it's so important that they have a certain way that they fill their foot locker with, you know, their shoes go here, their uniform goes there, their gun goes there. The ammunition goes here. He goes in case there's a bombing and you have to grab your stuff really quick and get dressed. You want to be able to do it by, cause you know where it, in the middle of the dark in the night, right? You're not going to run out and be like, Oh my God, let me run back in. I, I forgot my ammo. Right. You know, you're, um, you know, you gotta always prepare. And, and I, I wish though it was, and I don't know if you see this as a teacher, but it doesn't seem like, you know, parents want, they want that experience for their kids, but I don't know if they want to put them through the lesson. Well, um, they themselves, they themselves aren't disciplined. So, right. and, I mean, that's number one problem. They want their kid to have the discipline, but they themselves don't have it. And right. so how can they even communicate something that they don't have to the to, to their kids? It's impossible, I think, to communicate. I mean, look at, look at what Gandhi did, right? The lady says, hey, stop my, tell my kid to stop eating. Oh, uh, just, yeah. What book was that in? Was that in um, The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster? It might have been. I don't yeah. know. But, stop, but eating sugar. stop eating sugar. And he right. goes, well, come back in two weeks, right? right. He comes, you know, they, so the mom brings the kid back in two weeks and he says, and hey, they wait, they wait on a line for hours, right? To finally right. get to him 10 hours, right? And then they get to him. But, you know, he, he couldn't. And she's like, why didn't you tell him that two weeks ago? He says, because two weeks ago I was eating sugar. Right. You know, right. So how does a parent, te- you know, how does the parent communicate to their child to have systems in check and all these other things that we're talking about? Um, or systems in place to check things. How do they, ha- they cannot communicate that to their kid when they themselves don't have it. So, so, so here's my dilemma, right? Like, so I'm teaching this antiquated Eastern philosophy that really is life changing and beneficial. However, and by the way, in defense of parents, like I'm not a fashion expert. So I sent my daughter away to Oneonta college, pay for her tuition so she could learn fashion. Right. So I can't really help her in that, in that area. I could study and learn if I needed to, but so I'm like passing the buck to the college and saying, you teach my daughter. I'm paying you good money, $25,000 a year. You teach them. I wonder if parents think that like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't have self-discipline and I want you, Master Brummett, to teach it to my daughter. Um, and uh, so here is my tuition and here's the kid and, and, and here I'm passing the buck. And um, do we expect, how do we educate parents without them? Because ha- they they're not going to learn it unless they're training with us, right? Right. So when the kid doesn't prepare, how do we, how do we, other than punishment or regular, or maybe, you know, uh, we penalize them so that they don't get their belt or, you know, have a talk with them to try to motivate them. Um, We have to do what we do is we have to educate the parent. That's the hat that I'm talking about where, you know, we, we, well, we have to educate the parents. So for instance, I had a a meeting with, with a parent, their, their kid is in my leadership program he's not been following through with things at home. So they'll go and tell him to do something. And then 
he'll do it, but he might do it 45 minutes later after they've already had an argument, after they've already yelled at him or whatever. So I had a meeting, talked to the kid, straightened him out, sent him into class, right? And then I had to straighten out the parents. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just said, you know, look, I said, I'm just kind of curious. I said, I don't understand this, that when you tell him to do X, Y, or Z, and it's not done for 45 minutes, what's happening in between that time frame? Right. Why did it take 45 minutes? And then they proceeded to tell me. I said, well, you know, to be totally honest with you, I said, that's your fault. Right. I said, you know, I'm not telling you you got to be a jerk, but my son or my daughter or whatever is not, it's not going to be 45 minutes later. Yeah. It's, that just ain't going to happen. And, and, and the only reason that would happen is because if they blew up and they were throwing things, they need to like totally calm. I mean, that's a different story. Right. 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 Um, and I said, the second thing is it sounds to me like he knows how to push your buttons. Right. And your response to him is to yell and scream, and then he wins. Right. And I said, that can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I said, as, as angry as you get or frustrated as you get, you cannot let him see that your buttons are being pushed. Right, right. And so from here on out, everything's a matter of fact. You know, yeah. look, Johnny, I told you to go do X, Y, and Z. Now, if you decide not to do X, Y, and Z, we're going to handle it this way. Yeah. And, and and we had to come up with some creative ways on discipline because uh, taking away his uh, electronics, taking away these things, they don't work. They don't care. Right. And I said, it reminds me, of, I said, every, uh, by the way, every, every kid is different. I said, yeah. I remember our middle kid, our middle kid, we could ground him all I wanted. It didn't matter. I said, but yeah. as soon as we took some of his uh, articles of clothing that he liked to wear every single week to school because it's the cool clothes or the yeah. in clothes, oh, my gosh, you would have thought we chopped his right hand off. Yeah. Interesting. You know, so I grounded his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that worked for a time. Yeah. I said, so, you know, we found out what what he uh, what's what's he loves art. He loves drawing. He lo- I said, so take that away. Yeah. I said, not to mention he's doing a project for school. He needs a certain amount of time. Take it away. If he's supposed to be there on a Thursday night and you say, hey, look, you don't go and get this done. You ain't going to school on Thursday night to get get that done and then you got to face them right right because that's your responsibility to help them get the the christmas play together or whatever right right. so interesting like where so so as the another ball's in the air you just tossed one more up we become this kind of counselor disciplinarian and so on sometimes sadly it works for us i mean or, or sadly it works against us but you know then sometimes it works for us because we are actually shaping and molding lives like you know i might be hard on a student and i might be like stop whining like a little baby you know like oh my god i can't believe you talk to him that way and I'm like listen I'm trying to toughen him up and teach him a way to be like you got to let me teach let the teacher let the preacher preach you know let him do his thing if you don't trust me I get it you're going to question everything that I say and do and that's a big problem right so we have to you got to kind of have the education enough where the parents buy into and understand so that they they believe in what you do and they enforce it and they live it to some extent so that their kids get the benefit. Like I'll give you an example quickly and then we can move on. And I know we're getting close to running out of time. Um, my daughter never really liked to spar 
in tournaments. But so, so we'd always pack our bags the day before because we do a personal inventory. And I'd say, you know, let's see, let's double check it. You know, we'd have a checklist in our mind. Okay, you got your foot gear, check, you got that. And she'd go, Dad, I don't, I don't want to spar in the tournament. I'm like, okay, no problem. And, and she'd often be like surprised, like, you know, oh, okay, so should I leave my gear? I'm like, no. I said, it's okay that you don't want to spar. I didn't say you're not going to spar. I just said, it's okay that you don't want to. And she'd be like, that's not fair. I go, it's not fair, but it doesn't matter. You're sparring. How's that sound? Get your gear. Now let's check it. And that was it. Like she knew she wasn't getting away with not sparring. And, um, you know, and, and that I believe helps her in life because not everything oh, is sure what you did. want. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to do that project at work, boss. Like, tough crap. You're you're going to do it. Like, I know her mom is big. Well, you're going to be fired. Yeah, she's a, she works for a company, and she she often has to travel. They say you're going to, you know, the Bronx. You're going to Queens. You're going to go to Boston. She doesn't want to do it, but you do it. You, that's the way you do it. It's just tough luck. And sadly, though, I think that we live in a time where um, people feel entitled and, and so on. Oh my so, gosh, yeah. so we could have a whole nother conversation about that. But uh, so so last but not least, let, let's close it up with a few little minor points. And if you have any that you'd like to just share as far as, with, you know, how, how you stay as organized as you do other than the delegation, and then I'll throw it in and we'll close it up. Holy cow. Um, I, I, I would say, not that I'm perfect at this, but I would say one of the most important things that we as school owners need to learn how to say is no. Okay. Um, I really, truly believe that. So one thing that, and, and with regards to this specific topic, I learned this from Melody Schumann and she gave me permission when I heard her say this, it was beautiful. Like I, she gave me permission to say no with, with, with regard to this. And here's what I mean. You know, she would say um, like either way, she was kicking somebody out of her school or not allowing somebody to come in after their uh, review. Like she would actually do some sort of review with them, you know, to see if they could even qualify to get in. Right. And she would say, she would put the onus on herself and say, you know, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just not qualified to uh, to teach your child. Right. right. And I thought that was a beautiful statement. Um, so learning that was beautiful. It, it's kind of like saying, no, you can't be a student here anymore, or no, you can't even be a student here. Um, and then, you know, along with the word no, uh, understanding that as much as I want to be able to help everyone, I can't help everyone. And right. I got to know where my strengths are. And help and do people within those strengths. Right. Um, I've done things in the past or committed myself to things in the past that uh, I wanted to be a nice guy and I wanted to be seen that way. And and, and was it helpful? Yeah, sure. Um, but it wasn't necessarily what I should have been doing anyways. Um, right. And so I think learning how to say no uh, is important. Uh, Stephen Oliver have talked about, you know, when a parent talks to you in the hallway and says to you, you know, hey, do you have a minute? You know, I learned this phrase from him saying, yeah. no, but what do you need? Yeah. You right. know, uh, because it, 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 it draws the conversation into some sort of brevity for them to go, well, I, you know, I wanted to pay you the $5,000 to pay you in full for X, Y. Yeah, I got time. Let's go. Right, right, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, or, um, you know, oh, little Johnny is not wearing a seatbelt in the car. Right, right. Uh, you know, I don't have time for that. That's not, it's not even a yeah. uh, Mr. Brummett issue. Um, you know, and so I would say really learning how to say no and understanding that I'm not a jack of all trades. I need to be a master of one or maybe two 
and then focus in on on those things to the best of my ability. I like that. And and um, so so now, yeah, so we're, we're juggling all these different balls. We can list them out. By the way, um, we do give them to them on Next Level School Under Club where they get a copy of the DNA that I have. And, and, and you know, literally like it's literally a checklist from one to 150 of every single function within the school, um, what we do and how to do it with a system attached to it and so on and so forth. I, I, it's interesting. I opened it. I, I designed this now that it's on um, Google Docs. I, sh- I shared it with you, right? And, yeah, yeah. and my, my new school in Florida, I'm able to train him. We just did a coaching call yesterday where I'm able to open it up and go, okay, here's system one doing callbacks. Here's, click on this button and here's how we do it, you know, and it literally has the layout. So, um, you know, knowing everything. So at the end of the month, every box is ticked and every function is done because I, what was that old saying we used to use a lot is that sometimes there's not enough month at the end of the money, or there's not enough money at the end of the month. I forget what we, it's not enough month at the end of the money because the money yeah. ends and we're still going. Right. So we would teach people how to actually systemize their business. So the, they always, they send out the birthday flyers. They send out the, we miss you cards. They make the trial class calls. They, they update their DNA, you know, all this stuff, because sometimes. And by just, the way, let me just interrupt and just say, just so the listeners know what DNA stands for. It's the daily necessary activities inside right. of uh, your martial arts school. And you, you, you rightly so called it the DNA because it is the lifeblood. It was, it, it is the building block of, a school. And I have to give that credit, the, the, what the daily necessary activities to one of my clients, um, David Kay. And uh, he said, uh, you know, this DNA thing is awesome. You could just use the acronym daily necessary activities. And I'm like, oh, I'm stealing that. So, uh, you know, he was already a client and I called it the DNA. But anyway, so long story short, um, maybe for the school owners that are listening, and I would love for them to do a little exercise and draw a bunch of little circles on the page of a piece of paper. We call it the bubble system, but just for this, call them, you know, balls, you know, and, and, and in each ball, write down another function that you do, you know, so like what hat or hats, you know, what hat do you wear? Um, You know, what is it? And then, and write out all the things that you do. And then you could also say, oh yeah, but I hate this one. And maybe you could delegate that one or, or you're, you know, eliminate it even, you know, like sir, you know, um, sometimes, you know, if you're open, your school is open seven days a week and you're frustrated and you have no time off, go to a five day a week model, right? You know, think about what you could do. That's what you do. I I mean, I, I love that. And, um, you know, so anyway, you got to have them written out so you know what they are clearly in your head and you could keep on adding ones as you think of them. And then you could work on professionalizing yourself, delegating it and so on and so forth. But how many balls do you have in the air at any given time and who's helping you juggle? Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. only juggle so many before they all start to fall and everything comes crumbling down, right? Well, and that's the key, right? When you start to delegate and duplicate, you actually have other individuals inside of um, the the system they're juggling along with you, which, you know, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that people love this. The audio is going to be on available on iTunes soon because we just have to yeah. it from here. Um, and uh, yeah, this is our 145th episode. No, right? 150th. 150th episode. Yeah. Crazy. It's just like amazing, right? So, I mean, you know, us um, talking for 140 
150 hours, right? You know, but uh, on so many really cool topics and so many great things. And we're going to start interviewing a few other people. We already interest, interviewed John Gaston, John Graydon, um, um, John Hackle, everybody by the name of John. John well, Hackle. no, but who's, uh, uh, we did Benny the Jet. We did yeah, um, the Jet, yeah, Curtis Sliwa from the yep. uh, Guardian Angels. Yeah. Uh, there's so many cool people and we have a lot of them coming up for the new year. I've talked to my buddy Kung Lee. We're trying to work out a time to get him on Frank Shamrock. Um, I think we did Frank Shamrock too. We did we? Frank Shamrock one time already. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of other people like that and MMA champions, um, you know, people that are, uh, I'm trying to also get, here's an interesting thing and I'm working on it. Cause you know, my favorite singer is Michael Sweet from Striper. I'm trying to get an interview with him um, on longevity because he's a guy who is famous and then then not so famous there's a point in his career when his 80s metal career tanked and he was actually a um far a marshal at one of these this uh camping ground so he went from like the pinnacle of people trying to you know break into his room to meet him to being like the park ranger and now he's back on top again and he's changed his entire model always an, an amazing musician so i would love to hear how he kept his sanity how he yeah. deals with that stuff. So I'm trying to work on getting, if he's listening, because I know that he follows some of the stuff I do, I'd love to get him on and do an interview too. But people from that point of view as well. Yeah, no, I think it's good. So awesome, hey, I just want to remind everybody to visit schoolundertalk.com. Like Gally had said, there's a bunch of other calls that you can learn from, uh, or you can just subscribe to them through uh, iTunes and, and then every new one we have, it'll come straight to you. But uh, you can also search on the old ones on iTunes as well. Uh, if you want to do it through your uh, mobile devices. So, Allie, thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for being on the call today. Thanks, Wayne. Talk to you soon, man. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.